Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Great. Um, so if you have a Bible, please turn to Acts chapter 14. And uh, we're going to... Mean, it's been great this morning, hasn't it, to uh, be together and at the point Malcolm as an elder. And I wanted just to open this scripture just to show you how eldership fits into the, the great plan of God when he, he, he's building his church, Jesus is building his church. Uh, and, and, and we need to know how does eldership fit into that. And, and this is a great uh, few verses that helps us with that. And so Acts chapter 14. And, um, and what we see is Paul and Barnabas were sent off um, uh, way back in uh, Acts chapter 13, they were sent off. They went from city to city preaching the good news and, and they were just about to come back to where they were sent off. And we're just going to read this little passage. Um, and what I'd like to do is someone to read it for us in a nice loud voice because um, I want to engage with the scriptures this morning. When I get a Bible reading, I want someone to be belting it out in a nice loud voice. No matter what version it is, well, it does to some extent, but, <laughs> but I'm sure you've got good versions here. And uh, so, the Acts chapter 14, and um, I'd like to start uh, at verse uh, 21 uh, through to the end of the chapter, please. So, uh, Acts chapter 14, 21 to the uh, verse 28. Someone like to read that for us this morning. Thank you. You're going to have to be quicker on this, otherwise we're going to be here till... This afternoon sometime. <laughs> Who's going to go? When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Jerusalem and Iconium and Antioch, sent to the twelve disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed to them they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Lord, we pray that uh, you will open this word to us, illuminate your truths from this, that it will encourage us, it will build us up in you, and Lord, send us out for your glory, we pray. Amen. Amen. So we see here uh, a little synopsis, really, of, of uh, their journey, their missionary trip, and, uh, and if you was to look back uh, into verse, the end of verse 20, uh, it says, the next day he and Barnabas left uh, for Derby. Uh, they preached the good news, verse 21, they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. The first thing I want to say is when we come to this, the first thing is that they went. You see, they, they went. They had to go somewhere. The next day he and Barnabas left, they went to Derby. And we read these, these, these passages, you see, they're consistently going in to new territory. Always going to the next city, to the next town. They would spend a little bit of time there, make some disciples, go to the next one, spend a little bit of time there, go to the next one. There was this advance of the kingdom 
happening all the time uh, in the New Testament. It's wonderful to see. And, and we need to get caught up into this. Uh, and you guys are, I know you are, you think of Tottenham. You know, you, you're just sending people out to Tottenham. And you, you've sent people out uh, to Seoul, uh, to Frankfurt. You know, you're, you're caught up in this new territory, new towns, new cities. But we've got so much more to do, haven't we? God has got uh, uh, so much more to do in London. If you just take London, a massive city. How many new churches do we need in London? Hundreds and hundreds if we're going to reach the lost for Jesus. And so there's this, this consistent going all the time. What is God calling us to? Where is he calling us to go? And sending people out. And of course, uh, Jesus did the same. Someone like to read Mark 1, Mark chapter 1, verse 38 and 39 for me. Mark chapter 1. 38 and 39. So any of you used to go to Sunday school, and none of you as old as me, we used to have something called a sword drill. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the teacher would share out a Bible in it, and we would charge as fast as we could in our Bibles, and the first one would stand up and read it. Oh. <laughs> you know? No? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Who's got it? Mark 1. Thank you. So, so Jesus said, I must go to the next city. I must go to the next village. Jesus was also on this sort of journey of going from city to city, town to town, village to village, to preach the good news of the kingdom. That's what Jesus did. And his disciples got hold of that. In fact, Jesus commissioned them. I, I saw your banner out there, Acts 1, verse 8, uh, out there. Uh, when, uh, you will see the Holy Spirit. You have power when you see the Holy Spirit, and you'll be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's this thing about us as, as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is that we're pilgrims, we're adventurers. We're not settlers. We're not settlers. So there's a going, there's this connecting, this is entry. Now, I'm standing here as someone who's never gone anywhere in my life. I live in Grace. I was born in Grace. Well, I was born in Stanford, Hope. I lived in Grace. I'm the fourth generation of my family living in the same place. In fact, I live now 100 yards where my grandparents went to school. So in some ways, I've not gone anywhere. Okay? So, so I want to encourage you that we should have this mentality of going, which is a spiritual thing as well as a physical thing. So, so I'm still in grace, and I'm still going every day for Jesus. I, I, I'm still connecting with people for Jesus. You see, there's something about this that is, that is in our DNA that we are out there. We, we, we're not of this world. We belong to a new kingdom. And Jesus sends us into this broken and lost world. So effectively, we're all going. We're all the sent ones. Whether you move to another town or another city, you're sent by Jesus tomorrow morning or even this afternoon to reach the lost. We are all sent. We've got to start there. Now, we've been appointing elders this morning, but we've got to start by going. We've got to start by going. For those of you, a few of you have done training with me, we do a people map uh, uh, on this and, and we put your name in the middle and the people that God has given you that are lost. Just people that, that, that need to hear about Jesus. He's sending you to them. Neighbours, family, work colleagues. I, I want to commission you all to go. 
Some of you will go to other nations. Some of you will go to other cities. Some of you will go to new church plants. But all of us will go tomorrow morning to the lost. No one's excluded. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you're sent. God has asked you to connect, to enter in. So that's the first thing we see here, that they went. Okay, will you go? Will you go for Jesus? So as they go, we see, verse 21, they preached the gospel. They preached the good news in that city. And you see, as they went about, they, that's what they did. They went into the city and they preached the good news. And they had different reactions. Some, some ridiculed them. Some tried to stone them. Some said, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I could talk again later. But some turned and believed on Jesus. But the reason they went into the city, the reason they went and, uh, was so that they could preach the gospel. That was the purpose of them going. When we, when we look, read from Mark, thank you, Mark um, 1.38, Jesus says, so that I may preach the good news of the kingdom. He wanted to go so that, you see that, so that I could. There's something about the, it's a glorious gospel we've got. This is not hard. <laughs> this is the, the treasure that God has put in us, in these jars of clay, the treasure that we've got. It's a glorious gospel. Jesus came. He lived in our broken and sinful world. He lived a perfect life. He gave us an example of how to live. But then he died. The beautiful uh, time we've had reflecting upon his death and resurrection this morning. He died. So that all of our sin, we, we, we actually sang this, I should have died. It should have been me. It should have been you. It was our sin that he took upon himself. So that once we turn to him and repent, once we put our faith in King Jesus, we're declared forgiven. We're set free. And we have a hope for all eternity. Wow. Isn't that a great gospel? Is that good news? And that's what God has given us, what God has done in our lives. I would say even this morning, if there's people sitting here this morning that has never taken that step to follow Jesus, then I want to encourage you now to do it. Do it now. Say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I repent of my sin. I accept you as my new king. I want to follow your ways, not my ways. And then maybe talk to someone afterwards and say, I've just decided I want to follow Jesus. I tell you, you'll never look back. You'll never look back. Is there any Christian here that's following Jesus that uh, wish they hadn't? No? You'll never find a Christian that's following Jesus that says, no, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit boring following Jesus. It's, it's, you know, much, no, you will never find a Christian that's following Jesus like that. It's the big, biggest adventure that we've ever been on, isn't it, guys? It's the joy. It's the joy of the Lord that follows us day by day. This is, this is something that we love to wake up for. It's Jesus. And the adventure that he's called us on. So, so they go to the gospel. We must be preaching the gospel. Someone read Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 to 24, please. This is, this is Paul speaking again. Acts 20, 22 to 24.
Amen. Incredible words, okay? Incredible words. You know, he, he said, I've got to go. I'm compelled by the Spirit to go. But wouldn't it be great if we're compelled to go? We must go. And he said, I'm not sure what awaits me. I, I, he expects it's going to be hardships and prison. That's what he's expecting. But I must go, he says. I must go. Because uh, I, I, I want to testify to the gospel of God's grace. No matter what's ahead of me, it's all worth it for the sake of the gospel. We must, we must be preaching the gospel. Um, yeah, so 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. People will come to learn about Jesus if we speak and tell them about Jesus. Now, we believe in a holistic gospel, absolutely. Uh, we believe that, that the gospel is, is, is changes the whole person. And we believe in signs and wonders as well. You know, we, we believe that as we go, there will be healings, there will be deliverance, there will be prophecy accompanying us as we go into the world. We believe that. But be careful, because in... in uh, uh, I say, we also believe in, in, in holistically helping people, feeding people, uh, those in need. It's all part of the gospel, isn't it? It's all part of the good news of Jesus, that we would do this because we love you, because Jesus loves you. But beware, when Jesus was walking this earth, in John 6, they wanted bread, and they only wanted bread. And he said to them, but, but what about the bread of life? And they deserted him. We also read in Matthew 11 that Jesus denounced cities because he did most of his miracles there, but they didn't repent. You see, we don't want to get in a place where we're seeing people healed, but they don't start to follow Jesus. We can feed people and they'll be fed for a day, but they'll be lost for eternity if they don't start to follow Jesus. You see how, how key, how the priority of the gospel must be in everything we do. We must be preaching the gospel. Let me share with you a case study in North London. So this is this patch, okay? This is not in, in another continent, another country. This is this patch. It's a little while ago. It's 2019, 2020, those 18 months. Um, a North London case study. Um, they made 80 new believers uh, in, in North London, um, and they started 17 new discipleship groups in that 18 months, okay? And when we speak to them about that, they say, well, actually, we reckon there was three and a half thousand gospel shares in that period. Now, I'm an accountant, okay, so I do my sums. That means that for every 43.75 gospel shares, you'll see one new disciple. Round that up to 50, okay? Share the gospel 50 times. On average, in this patch, you'll see one new disciple. There's 100 adults here. What if every one of us said, Lord, give me a chance this week, just one chance, Lord, to share the gospel. One opportunity. 100 people. On average, you'll see two new disciples every week. And that's in this patch. And not only that, 
that they saw a third and fourth generation of, of salvation. So as they taught disciples, they, they made disciples and made disciples and made disciples. And because of the people groups they were associated, they went back to their own nations as well, uh, to Albania, Iran, Kosovo. They, they actually sent disciples back to go to preach the gospel back in their own nations. You see, what we do here has an effect across the world. Will you pray for an opportunity this week just to tell someone about Jesus? I said, we've got nothing else to offer, really, have we? What else have we got to talk to them about other than Jesus? It's a glorious gospel. We must get to the gospel. So they went into Derby. They went there and they preached the gospel. And then we see that they uh, made disciples. Okay, um, they won a large number of disciples. And then as they returned back, they went back and they, they strengthened disciples. We're in verse 22. They strengthened disciples and encouraged them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So after we've entered in and we've been sharing the gospel, there will be opportunity for discipleship. And I want to encourage everyone, if you're walking with Jesus, you can disciple someone. You really can. Even if you've been walking Jesus just a couple of weeks... You can, you can start with someone and you can say, this is what I know. You can only teach what you know. But, but you know, be discipled and disciple. So there was a discipleship. There's a strengthening that needs to happen alongside. We need to strengthen one another. As we gather together, we come for the glory of God, but we come to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to build one another up, to pray for one another, to, to meet any needs that are in the body of Christ. There's a strengthening that needs to happen in, in the church. And, 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 and Paul and Barnabas, they did this. They went and they strengthened the church. He said uh, they encouraged them. There's an encouragement. I hope you, you come to here uh, and, or your small groups and you go away encouraged. Go, yes, that was good. That was good to be with brothers and sisters. I, I feel encouraged in the Lord. I don't know about you, but Wednesday nights, especially in the winter, uh, yeah, half past seven, I've got to get to a small group, I've been a busy day, and I thought, oh, Lord, do I need it? really need it? And I think, yeah, I must go. I've got to set an example to everyone else, and I've got to go. But, and, and you might go with that attitude, but you come away and say, wow, that was good. That was good. I feel good for being with brothers and sisters. There's something about discipleship that builds us up in Jesus. And they were teaching perseverance here. We mustn't, mustn't um, not give this message you know, people, we must persevere. They say, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. We, we, we're in a world that is broken and sinful, and we're going to face all sorts of things. And we've got to keep our eyes fixed on him. It's great. Again, the songs were brilliant. Thank you, Joe. Where's Joe? I don't know where she is. Even. Oh, she must be out. Absolutely brilliant this morning. Lovely songs. Brilliant. You know, and it was set in this hope that actually Jesus is going to return. There's a time coming when everything will be restored. We are renewed in him. And, and, and even though we might go through the hardest of times while we're on this earth, we can keep our eyes fixed on what is to come. Perseverance. There's something about discipleship that needs to be taught in perseverance. In, in China, I hear a part of their discipleship course. We have, we have 10 lessons in our discipleship course, and we have perseverance in them. But I think in China, they teach them how to die well. Okay, it's part of our discipleship. We're going to teach you how to die. It's part of what we are. We, we've got to realize that, that actually we, we we're not of this world anymore. We've got a great future to live for. Hope, purpose perseverance and they went through perseverance and they taught them that actually to enter the kingdom of God we must go through this 
We must go through this. As we've appointed uh, Malcolm this morning, uh, the, 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 the elders of the church have this role of shepherding the flock. Okay? They, they, they're, they're to encourage, they're to disciple, they're to teach the flock. But I, I, and we want to bless them as they do that. But actually, they're not the only people in the church that should be doing that. They're setting an example for us all to follow. We can all shepherd one another. This one anothering that must go on. Pastoring one another, caring for one another, encouraging one another, discipling one another. Imagine if you did go out this week and, and, and uh, you, all of you shared the gospel and you had a hundred new disciples. And you said, Malcolm, you're the new elder. Off you go. There's a hundred new disciples. Off you go. It's not going to work, is it? We're all involved. This is the body of Christ. Encourage one another, strengthen one another, build one another up in the Lord Jesus. And then, then we see Paul and Barnes, verse 23, Paul and Barnes appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord. And so, so we see this culmination of going, preaching the gospel, making disciples, is that you need to form the church. If we stop as a, preaching the gospel and then go to the next town and, and nobody's looking after these disciples, then there's a good chance that they will wither and, and, and fade away. There's something about the, the, the New Testament church which is so important of forming a New Testament healthy church with elders and deacons to serve the church as God has committed it to us in his word. So elders are key. Elders are key. I, if you read the New Testament, you'll see eldership everywhere. Plurality of eldership across the New Testament. The, the 69 times elders is used in the New Testament, 60 of those refers to the, the office, the plural office of elders in the church. 60 times in the New Testament. We need to be appointing elders, and we're so blessed to be able to do that this morning. We need to form healthy, God-glorifying discipling, missional churches, and we need lots of them. And we need lots of them. And so we need more elders. And so not only do we need to appoint elders, but we need more and more elders. We need more and more deacons. We need more and more leaders. We need more and more disciples, small groups. We need to raise up people over and over again. If we're going to repeat what God has done here at Rev, down the road, we've got to do it all over again with new people. We need to multiply leaders to form healthy churches. So you see the whole process here. You see how God, how we, we've appointed elders, but it doesn't start with elders. It starts with going. Someone came here. I don't think it might be Steph. I know Steph came here. He went. He, I'm going to come to, I'm going to, come to Camden. I'm going to start. He came. Someone has to start there. The gospel has to be preached. Disciple has to be made. And then you form a church that is healthy and God-glorifying. And you appoint elders. And you notice that when they returned uh, to uh, Antioch, they said, they, they sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of, the God, of God for the work they had now completed. There's something, especially with church planting, there's something about appointing the first elders. Yes, Lord, we, 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 we've, we've done something, we've completed a, a journey here. That's not the end of the journey for the church, but you've completed something. You, you've got a healthy church that is locally governed by a plurality of leadership. And you think, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In Titus, um, Titus 1, um, uh, he was said, I leave you behind to, to complete what was unfinished by appointing elders. 
You see, that there's something about the point of this, which is a completing of that church planting process, which we need to be working to. If we just stop at, at those first things, then we haven't got a healthy church. We need everything. And so, so there, I, I want you to outline that whole process. We've appointed elders, but what, it starts with going. It starts with sharing the gospel. Then we need to make disciples. And then as the church grows, we appoint elders. That's the biblical pattern. That's what the New Testament teaches. And we need, we need hundreds, if not thousands of elders, if we're going to see uh, what God has, has given us as a vision for relational mission. We need loads of elders. But not just elders, we need ministry leaders, we need worship leaders, we need evangelists, we need prophets, we need, we need everybody to start and take their place in the body of Christ and then to multiply out to others that will do the same. So, what is our response? Well, I, I think maybe there's people here that go saying, you need to go. Now, the elders won't love me for this. Um, well, sure they will, but I know you're sending church. But uh, sometimes I think, Lord, we're sending our best people. Uh, but, but that's what happens, you know. We, we raise up people and they go. We want to send our best. We want to send those that are pioneering. We want to send you out. You might live in another part of London that you're traveling in. And, and, and God is saying to you, it's time to, to, to start something where you are. He might be calling you back to, to a nation uh, where you've had maybe some, some links in the past. He may be highlighting something new to you. Are you willing to go? No matter what lies ahead. Hardship, imprisonment, death. Are you willing to go for the sake of the gospel? I think there are the people here that should be going. But for all of us, are we willing to go tomorrow morning in the workplace, in the community? to be ambassadors for Jesus. Are you willing to do that? No matter what the cost. And the worst you're going to get is someone laugh at you. You're not going to get stoned. You're not going to get chucked out. You know, you're not going to get, well, you might lose your job. You might not get the promotion that you wanted because you're standing up for Jesus. But it's worth it. It's for the gospel. Are you willing to lay everything down for the gospel? Are you willing to share the gospel? Are you willing to be a, a disciple that is discipling others? Uh, are you willing to take your place as we raise up leaders? The Ephesian 4 ministries, the, we, we need prophets, we need evangelists, we need pastors, we need teachers. We, we need to raise up uh, these people in the church. We need more elders. We need more kids workers. We need more small group leaders. What is your role in the body? You're not here just to listen. You're not here just to enjoy. You're here to take your part in the body of Christ. Led by elders, served by elders, served by deacons, served by lots of ministry leaders, but we're all the priesthood. This is the body of Christ, the beautiful bride of Christ, the radiant, holy bride of Christ that he is preparing for his return. Are you willing to take your place? Let us pray. Should we stand and, and pray? Yes, yeah, just take a few moments to, to wait on God. There may be things that uh, through the word of God, have been reading the word of God together that have spoken to you. There might be something I've said that's spoken to you. 
There might be something completely different that, that uh, you want to come before the Lord for. And uh, if there's somebody here that needs healing, we want to pray for healing. There's healing in the name of Jesus here this morning. The opportunity to pray, to bless one another, to encourage one another. Let the ministry of the Holy Spirit come. What is God saying to you? And what is your response? How are you going to be obedient to the word today?